So I'm usually not a fan of the way that the lectionary like cuts up the readings, but I think today is a really good, let's say a really good slice of the readings. Um, pairing up that commandment to love your enemies and to go the distance with someone else. And I think the reason is, first, is we have to understand uh, that all of Jesus, the, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, all of Matthew chapter 5 is the Sermon on the Mount. And what Jesus is doing is that he's explaining his passion. So everything that Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount, the fullness of the Christian life, is later exemplified in his passion, which is profound because something that, especially hearing this first part, going with someone the extra mile and not turning a cheek, is that a lot of times we hear that and we're like, well, not only is this difficult, but it's also untenable. And the reality is, and when I read this, it kind of blew my mind uh, thinking about it, is that this is one of those instances, in some respect, that Jesus speaks in hyperbole. And this isn't like, you know, someone from the 60s saying, this is St. Thomas Aquinas, saying that Jesus speaks in hyperbole to some degree here because of what he exemplifies in his passion. Because whenever Jesus is literally struck on the cheek, what does he do during his passion? He says, why do you strike me on my cheek? You know, basically eliciting, I am the son of God. Why are you doing this? He does not do this silently. Which I think tells us, and is like a key to understanding how we are supposed to walk the further mile with someone. Because the way in which we are tempted to work, walk the further mile with someone in today's climate is to do so in their convictions rather than in charity. And here's what I mean. We can get accompaniment mixed up um, to where we can walk with someone, but we can take their convictions about God, about the gospel, about the church, and just let them take us with them kind of away from the sheepfold. And we can get confused thinking that, like, yeah, this is charity. This is what Jesus wants. And the thing is, the more and more that we do that, the less and less that the impact of the second half of this gospel that we read today actually matters. If I just follow someone and their convictions, even though they're not of the church, and just kind of like friendly do that, then I'll never make an enemy. And I'll fail to kind of understand what Jesus is talking about here. And so what is the content then of an enemy? I think it's hard to understand. I was just having this conversation this morning. Like as inimical as the world is to Christians, I feel like I usually don't have many enemies. But that's probably my fault. Um, my fault for not being as bold enough Christian, but also my fault for whenever I make an enemy, not even recognizing that I make it, and then they walk away so I can't walk a mile with them. And so there's kind of this balance, right, like of declaring the truth, but declaring the truth in charity and not brutality so that the enemy doesn't walk away and we can't walk a mile with them. And then there's the other side where, yes, I can walk a mile with them, but then eventually it could be the blind leading the blind. 
and to where I'm walking a mile off of a pit, off of a cliff, like Jesus also says that we don't want to do. So what's obviously the you know the generic trick here, like the buzzword is truth and charity, but I guess the question is, what does the enemy look like for us today? And then what is the incentive to love the enemy? I think for us today, the enemy is so often tied up within the family in the sense that it's someone who um, we can walk with, but probably someone that we've also pushed away um, and so we refuse to go out and, like Jesus says, to do good uh, to them. And the enemy is like formed usually, and we know that they are the enemy, whenever we have done good to them, they refused our charity, we desire to forgive them, and then even after forgiving them, they still desire to hurt even after forgiving. There's no virtue in um, loving someone who just has not hurt us, as Jesus says, that what differentiates us from the publicans, from the tax collectors? We love those who love us. I think the incentive, why we want to pursue those, even if it's not immediately effective, why we want to pursue those and do good to those who have hurt us, is because this idea of reward. Jesus says, what reward is it to you if you love only those who love you? And this idea of reward is like strung out in the Gospel of Matthew everywhere. And we can misunderstand it to be like, yeah, Jesus is going to give me my heaven points, you know? i got to collect enough box tops, you know, to, to get into heaven. But that's not what Matthew is talking about. This idea of reward or merit is um, the beginning of the life of grace now. So that the reward is intimacy with Christ. So that the person who actually does good to their enemy knows from the inside out the love of Christ. They don't know about Christ's passion. They know his passion. They know God and they're intimate with God in his most vulnerable spot, in his passion. And so that's the reward. This is why we want to embrace doing good to our enemies and not walking down, you know, not walking off of a cliff with them, but walking with them in charity so that we can know what it is that Jesus has suffered for us, we who are Jesus's enemies through sin. And so know his love deeply. And like St. Paul says, count all other things as rubbish.